We are live with the next episode of the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. Before we get started, let's chat a bit about Jane. Jane is a complete practice management software that can help you navigate your practices day-to-day with ease and flexibility. With Jane's features, I can manage my practice with the admin schedule. Online booking is convenient for my clients, and intuitive charting helps me keep my notes organized. Jane has also helped me grow my practice. I've saved so much time doing admin work. I've automated processes like intake forms and appointment reminders, and in turn, I can spend more time focusing on my clients. Head over to jane.app to explore more of Jane's features and see if they could be a good fit for your practice. You can also mention my name, Kendall Hagenson, at the time of sign up for a one-month grace period if you know you're ready to get started with Jane. As health and wellness providers, we know that better patient outcomes require a whole person, multidisciplinary approach that we just can't provide on our own. That's why I've started the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I'll be bringing you interviews with experts, tips, tricks, secrets, resources, systems, and solutions so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And creating your wellness center won't feel like starting over. Welcome back, everyone, to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. Today on the show, we have Jocelyn Fitzgerald, my good friend and colleague. As a board-certified art therapist and EMDR consultant with a busy practice, Jocelyn loves directing her clients to tap into their own creativity and healing, to connect with what they're feeling on the inside, and bring it to life on the outside. Jocelyn enjoys mixing both art therapy and EMDR to help her clients work through past trauma. She's taught fine arts classes, runs women's workshops on collage making, organized healing-centered group art projects, and led guided visualizations on how to activate creativity with schools and nonprofits. One of her most transformative experiences to date centered around helping traumatized adolescents in an African refugee camp recover using art therapy. Over the pandemic, she illustrated and helped author a children's book using mindfulness and art to help kids find calm. It's called Colorful Place, Mindful Story and Art. And I can vouch for this book as a mom of young kiddos. It is truly amazing. And this summer, Rootledge will be publishing a book she co-edited and wrote a chapter for. It'll be coming out on the use of her two loves, EMDR and art therapy. She also enjoys creating art that helps teach mental health ideas within her Etsy shop, Colorful Therapy Tools. And when she's not working, you can find Jocelyn hiking in the beautiful Pacific Northwest Mountains with her puppy Ace, creating art, riding her bike, traveling, or enjoying dance parties with her little family. Welcome, Jocelyn. It's so great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be here. So tell us how you got started. Why did you become a therapist, specifically an art therapist? Uh, Tell us a bit about what got you here. Um, Well, I, as a teenager, was really struggling, and I went to my own therapist, and he was amazing. So that was kind of the start for me of therapy. And then in college, I studied fine art, and I was working with these autistic men, teaching them painting. And I recognized that it, within the art process, they 
opened up more. There was more talking. There was more eye contact. There was just kind of an easiness in the group. And I, I really realized that something magical was happening within the creative process. And then I saw a film in college called The Living Museum, and it was all about an art therapist. And I just was like, oh, two things that I love, psychology and art, a marriage of these would be the perfect career for me. So that was kind of how I got my start. That's beautiful. So what would you recommend for women who and business owners, right? A lot, most of our listeners are providers in the health and wellness field who own their own businesses and are expanding out. So what would you recommend for those providers who want to do more creative projects kind of on the side? Because you have multiple things going on in that realm. Yes. So how would they create more creativity in their group practices and and more in regards to for their staff? Um, sure. Yeah. I, yeah, I, we could go there for sure. Like more creativity in the workplace. Um, and then also like if they want to do those projects on the side, like they want to do that creative project, they want to write a book or they want to do that C shop. Yes. Okay. Well, so I think it's a great idea for therapists to have multiple streams of income and be doing things that are creative. And for me, it's so therapeutic to create my own art. I think, and I just think Etsy is such a great place for people to upload information that they've created, even if it's workbooks. And it's just something that, you know, it's that set it and forget it. You set it up and then you make money, which is fabulous. And then as far as like bringing more creativity into the group practice setting, I just think it's such a wonderful way for people to connect and to see what's going on in other people's minds and hearts, like even just having your team come together and say, what is your, what is your deepest heart desire? Like let's all create collages around what our hearts are desiring because you might think, you know, your colleagues and what they really want and what they're passionate about. But when you see it come to life within the art, it can, it can add more meaning and more connection. Absolutely. In the same vein, I'm curious if you can speak to sort of the benefit of having an art therapist on a multidisciplinary team, because many of our listeners are opening wellness centers and they're considering which types of providers to bring onto their team. So tell us about your experience. I, uh, I think that you've worked on a team previously. I think you, I think we've talked about that before. So if you can share a bit about that and kind of how you see art therapy uh, being beneficial in a group like that. Yeah, well, I kind of view art therapy as almost speaking a different language. And for some people and some clients, talk therapy might be really hard and scary, but asking them to come in and draw an image of of what their fear is or what it feels like inside their body might be an easier way to access their their psychological trauma. So I think having that other that person on your team that does speak the language of creativity and creative arts, whether it's music, music therapy or drama therapy or, or fine art therapy, you know, there, there's just so much that people can um, access within that. The arts build just that new level of communication and trust and connection yeah. that for some people talk therapy is just really hard and scary, especially mm-hmm. with teens. I would say it's really helpful mm-hmm. for me. Absolutely. With teens. Art is such a beautiful way in, in working with teens and dance as well. And I'm, we're very biased towards this because I'm a dance therapist and you're an art therapist. And I'm realizing as we're talking that 
if you could tell the listeners what art therapy is, because as a dance therapist, I understand fully what art therapy is. And so I was realizing as we're talking that um, that might be new to some of our listeners. So if you want to just sort of explain what that even means in our field. Yeah, I know. I've I've lived in places in this country where people are like, oh, so you make art for me and then I feel better thinking that's what art therapy is. And it's no, it's not. It's actually the client is just creating and processing within the arts. And it's all about the process of creativity, the process of letting it out, whatever's inside. It's definitely not about the final product, which is different than if you were to go to like an arts and crafts class, you know, then you want your product to look a certain way. When you come into my office, it's about like, just put down line, shape and color, whatever is going on inside of you. Oftentimes with certain clients, I'll just say, let's, let's talk for a few minutes and then I'll find a theme something that's coming up and I'll just say, can you put that down on the paper using, you know, I'll have a buffet of options like colored pencils and markers and pastels and watercolor. Like, can you just put that down on paper and it doesn't have to look like anything. And then we'll take it and we'll rotate it around and look at it from all angles and almost a hundred percent of the time, I guess I shouldn't say 99.9% of the time we can find information in there that is so powerful and important to the client that's creating it. Yeah. And I've been in your office. I mean, you and I have known each other for a long time and I've been in your office before. And one thing I've always said about as a dance therapist that I am envious of art therapists because they're there is this piece that's tangible um, in the work, right? In dance therapy, um, there's, you have the process and it's very powerful and there's nothing, there's not a piece of paper that you look back on three months later. And uh, I know you have the problem of how do you store all this art, but um, your office is so beautiful um, and colorful and it's just such a wonderful place. Yeah. I talk about that a lot too. It's like, I, I get to teach clients these art directives or ideas, and then they have that concrete reminder that they can take with them. And most of them see me, you know, once a week or every couple of weeks or once a month, but they can still go back to that art piece and go, Oh yeah, this is, I was drawing my breath. I can, I can sit down for five minutes and draw my breath and remember what that feels like. And also a lot of times people are drawing or creating art that's hard and they don't want to take it home with them. So I do keep it. And then at the end of our time together, I can say, let's, you know, sit down and do like a little um, museum day where we're going to lay it all out and look at how far you've come and where you were when you started. And maybe even just how you couldn't recognize your emotions. And now you can fully draw out what you're feeling and explain it beautifully. So you can really see that the trajectory of the work, which feels really good as a therapist too. I love that. (laughs) Hey there, it's Caitlin from The Jane Team. Finding a practice management software can feel like a daunting task, but with Jane, it doesn't need to be. With helpful features like client-friendly online booking, efficient charting, and online payments, you'll find it is possible to love the software you use every day. And you'll be backed by a real in-person team by phone, email, or chat support. Head to jane.app to see how our features can save you time and get you back to doing what you love. You can also mention the Wellness Center Creators Podcast at the time of sign up for a one-month grace period applied to your new account. Chat soon! So let's talk more about 
your sort of what you call passive income, although I think you would agree it doesn't feel passive a lot of times when you're creating it at first, like these side projects. And so I'm always careful about that term because it's it's hard work to do something like write a book and sell it, right? So what would you... Yeah. What would you say to a provider who wants to get more into doing these uh, these creative projects outside of seeing clients? So you've you've done things like uh, submitted uh, visualizations and meditations to apps. You've written books. You you have your Etsy shop. Uh, you've done tons of talks in the community. Um, how would you recommend that someone get started on that path? Yeah, well, I guess I would first want them to clarify what they're passionate about, what what excites them, because if you're not excited about it, it's really hard to keep that momentum going. So like for me, I had I had a, a wonderful colleague and friend to do the book project with, and she's a behaviorist in the schools, and I, you know, love the arts. So we kind of brought our two ideas together during the pandemic. But I had her to kind of help me along on those days where I'm like, gosh, I don't feel like doing this. Because you're right, even though at some point it is somewhat passive, it, in the beginning, it's a ton, a ton of work. But finding what you're passionate about, like if you really love teaching and you have ideas that you want to get out there, start creating and writing content. And then I found these Facebook groups to be so helpful. Like I will post stuff in some of my bigger Facebook groups and say, you know, I just created this scale on dissociation and just say, give me feedback. What do you think about this? And I will give it to you for free. I just really appreciate your feedback. And I got, I mean, I got thousands of people that commented and wanted a piece of my art and then, you know, and then they actually want to check out my Etsy shop too. So that adds to the the business there. But yeah, finding what you love and then going forward. I mean, a book is a big project and I, I love our book so much. I, I'll be honest, it's it was a, a passion project and kind of a, an expensive hobby because it didn't make a ton of money. And I also have mm-hmm. a full private practice and a 12-year-old son. So it's hard to like, devote a ton of time to promoting a book. But it was really fun. And I would definitely recommend anyone that's interested in doing it. Yeah, that's so tough because from the outside, it looks like, wow, you know, she published a book and it's on Amazon and it's so successful. And and it's just like with any business, when you step back and kind of reveal the curtain, you know, it's not necessarily making money back there, uh, but there's lots of, there's lots of benefit to it. And it depends on your goal of the process, right? For you, some of this stuff is, you know, more about the process and less about the the financial piece. Well, and I have to say, I think it has opened up doors for me in ways that I didn't realize or, or couldn't have known when I first started working on the book project. I've gone to cool conferences. I've met people all around the world. And, and I continue to really meet people in our community here in Vancouver, which has been super fun. I I know all the bookstores now and I know all the bookstores in Portland and all the owners. And that's been so fun for me. Yeah, that's beautiful. The the relationships and their connections are so valuable. Yes, I agree. (laughs) So I'm curious if you have just one piece of advice that you you have your own private practice and you've started these other side projects. What would you say to new practitioners or practitioners who are new to owning their own business? 
Um, well, I think like you creating community is so incredibly important to therapists. And I think that is such a beautiful thing that you guys get to do within your group practices, like having that team of people that you can just go to at any time. I think to new therapists that are out on their own, finding community or finding a group that they resonate with because the work itself can be so isolating. I would also say like self-care is so important and, you know, doing whatever, whatever kind of exercise feels right to you, I think is hugely important and any sort of like creative adventure that you're interested in continuing to foster that is so great. I mean, I think the other thing we all do is, you know, spending money on education, which is a great thing too. Whenever I'm starting to feel a little bit stagnant or like I need to feel motivated again, I'll, I'll look for a course that is exciting to me and sign up and learn some new skills. That's great advice. Uh, so Joss, I know you wanted to share a bit more about your book, Colorful Place, and let people know where they can find it if they'd like to grab a copy. Yeah. So it is on Amazon. It's also um, at local bookstores. If you're in Vancouver, it's online at Target, and I think it's online at Walmart too. Um, you can also, we do, if you come to our Facebook page, which is just, it's called Breathe Art Calm. We started a little LLC business, and we do free giveaways of the ebook, so you can get it for free from time to time. We post there, and we also have a free 23-page um, workbook on our website, and that's all about helping kids to find calm. We've gotten lots of great feedback about that. That's a little bit like what I do on Etsy, but I'd also be happy and love to give you guys my newest little Etsy upload that I'm about to upload here. It's not even on there yet, but it's all about using the four elements to ground yourself and to find calm. And I broke each element down into exercises for your mind and then body and then art. That sounds amazing. And uh, that's so generous of you to um, offer that to our listeners. So if if they just go to your Etsy shop, how can they take advantage of that giveaway? Oh, yeah. So I'm actually going to put it on my website, which is just my name. It's www.jocelynfitzgerald.com. And I will create the code uh, wellness center creators. So you will just enter that code and you will get that free download right away. Amazing. Oh, thank you so much, Jocelyn. It was great to chat with you today. You too. I love that you're doing this. So cool. Yay. Thanks so much for listening to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please visit our website at wellnesscentercreators.com for more show notes and additional episodes. Plus, if you do have time, please subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing the show. That will help other people find us. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time on the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. <laughs>